of old Aberdeen mean home sweet home to me the northern lights of Aberdeen are where I long to be I've been a wanderer all of my life and many a sight I have seen God speed the day till I'm on my way To my home in Aberdeen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. A trip to Scotland is on my bucket list. The Northern Lights of Aberdeen. The music you heard just before the intro music was the guitar work of Richie Blackmore, probably best known for his work with the rock band Deep Purple, and the vocals of today's guest from Scotland, the great pipes of Doogie White. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Hilliard, with a very special guest today. Sometimes there's an interview where I could go on talking to the guest for hours. This is one of them. The dinner bell rang and Doogie had to run. His album, As Yet Untitled. No, that's the name of the record. As Yet Untitled. The topics, everything else. Please welcome Doogie White. not all right in the end it's not the end it's a great song i love it i love it as well i love it as well you well it, 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 interestingly right and, and and i forgot about this um until recently i had written a whole bunch of tunes with craig goldie now craig goldie was ronnie dio's guitar player for many many years in dio and ronnie had gone off to um to rejoin Heaven and Hell with the Sabbath guys. And so Craig got in touch with me because we'd been sort of pally over a few years. And he said, why don't we do an album? And I said, okay. So we started writing together. And um, we'd written about six or seven songs. And uh, I was going to use a couple of them for my solo album. And and uh, the powers that be heard the songs and said, no, you can't do that. You need to keep the music Craig, you need to keep the music, you know, for the next Dio album, you know. So, of course, there was no next Dio album because Ronnie sadly died, you know, of stomach cancer, you know. So, um, so, so I had to find extra songs to put in there, to, and and that's when I got in touch with Mick Tucker from Tank, and that's how we ended up doing, how I ended up being three years in Tank, you know. So it's it's a funny old world, this, you know. <laughs> It is, flying around the sun on a rock. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. The reason it's called As Yet Untitled is because we used to have um, magazines over here when I was younger 
we had Kerrang, and we had Metal Hammer, and Metal Forces, and um, they would always say, oh, and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page are in the studio just now recording a new album, as yet untitled. And I thought, you know what? If I ever get to do a solo album, <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it as yet untitled. Okay. You know, so, well. so, so it, 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 it was just a wee nod of respect to to the journalists who were working with the information that they were given yeah. at the time. So that, so that's, so that's why it was. Down from the glens came the marching men with their shields and their swords to fight the fight. boy I always had three you know you know I was never going to be as as brave as evil evil Knievel or as tough as Bruce Lee but I always had ideas for three albums if I was to do three albums I would call one of them as yet untitled for the reasons given the other one was to be called um, visual surveillance of extremities right yeah or or, or VSE now visual Surveillance of extremities is what people who have leprosy have to do every day to make sure that because they lose the blood supply and the feeling in their fingers, and it's just so that they don't damage themselves. And I took that from a, a series of books by a guy called Stephen Donaldson, and he wrote um, the Chronicles of um, Thomas Covenant, the Unbeliever. And that was very, they were very important books to me. Not, you know, they're kind of Lord of the Rings-ish, but I never get into Lord of the Rings. And uh, so I always thought I'd call one of the albums that, and the other one would be Long Shadows Dawn. And so I've done all three now. So I can retire and just lie in my garden and, you know, plant vegetables. Be a beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, oh listen, listen, man, I've got to tell you this. My yeah. my brother's very friendly with a guy who who is a beekeeper, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, some ne'er do wells, some bad lads came round and 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 set fire to all these beehives, right? Oh, God. right? And killed all the bees. Oh. So my so my my brother went to help him pick up more bees from. Do you know in Scotland we have bee breeders, people wow. who breed bees? You know, people breed. Dogs or sheep or something. But this guy <laughs> bred bees, and, and my my brother my brother went down to be with this guy and and pick up the hives. He had he had forty thousand bees in the back of his car. Mental. 
<laughs> so what do you do? Oh, I'm a bee breeder. I'm a bee breeder. Hi. Yeah. And this guy, and this guy, this guy lives with his bees in a tent, less than a mile from where I am now. And he breeds his he breeds his bees, and he makes his honey, and he makes his you know all all these things, and he just lives in a tent. It's unbelievable. Oh, I guess you hook one bee up with another honey, and they yeah. have baby bees. <laughs> Baby bees. I, I, I don't know how that works. I don't honest. know either. I just, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, as soon as I'm done talking with you, I'm going to get right on Google and find out. <laughs> okay. I'm dying to know. Based on when these were recorded, were they done on analog or digital? They were done on something called radar, which was it was before Pro Tools, but it was one of the very first digital systems. And it was radar. It was it was like a big, it was like a big huge disc that went in. You know, I think I think some of it, I think the drums, I think some of it was done on on reel to reel. Right. Yeah. And um, and some of it was done on something called radar because I just remember going, "Wow, that's incredible," you know. And it, but it was a huge, it was a huge big unit. In the same way that, that you know, when we had um, what were they called? We used to watch movies on them. They were big, big, huge discs. They had discs. That, no, you're not talking about VCRs. You're talking about laser discs. No, no, laser discs. There you go. Yeah. I think it was from the same same tribe as laser discs. Oh wow! You know, I'm not. I don't 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 take me to task on that. But I think that, that that's kind of how that's that's kind of how it was. You know, um, but but it wasn't like Pro Tools or Logic or anything where you could edit anything. You know, it was just a it was just a, a, a recording function. And it was cheaper than tape, you know, because tape you know, because if you were recording all that stuff and you could only work on twenty four tracks and I think this is fifty or something. You know, so you could so you could just record everything and, and, and it wouldn't cost you anything. Because it just it just went on to these 
Radar, it was called. That, that, now, we're going back to 97, 98, 99, probably. And it was, and it was before uh, Pro Tools and Logic and Cubase and all these other um, brilliant ways of recording now were available. It's, it's a format that didn't catch on then because I, I've never heard of it, so I think you'd run across well, it. I, I, well, I mean, it's like, what, what was it? What was it? Phillips two thousand or Betamax, you know, nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody bought any, nobody bought any of that either, you know. So, so they probably spent a lot of money on that, uh, as it was the first, but it wasn't, it wasn't the one people gravitated towards. Yeah, sometimes it's good just to sit down with an acoustic guitar and a and a voice. Don't you think? <laughs> yes, it's refreshing. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so difficult now. But but let me record my. Uh, acoustic guitar over there in Seattle and I'll send it over to you and you can put your voice down you know I mean that's how things work these days because there are no budgets left you know the budget the, the, the budgets of, of the days when you used to go into a studio and sit around for a month and start recording and rehearsing and writing they're gone now it's a different world it is and boy I wish I had a crystal ball so I could tell where it's going but it's it's strange. It's hard to put your finger on. I try to explain to people what it used to be like in the bands that I opened for, and it's like they yeah. don't know, they don't know about any of it. <laughs> of course they don't. Of course they don't. You know, it, it, it's a completely different world. And sometimes I forget myself because you know the last time I went into a studio and uh, and, and and rehearsed and uh, wrote songs was 1994-95 with Blackmore. And what we tried to do with Schenker, I was in a band, I had a band with, with Michael uh, called Temple of Rock, and we did two albums, two and a bit albums and two DVDs. And Michael suggested for the second album that we go in for a month into, you know, some mobile recording place where we would just hire somewhere and just live there and go in and do it. And we did the sums, and it would have just bankrupted everybody. Because, I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, unless, you know, unless you've been a multi-million selling band, you know, your Aerosmiths or your Maidens or ACDCs or Kisses, you just can't do that, you know. So you can buy a recording studio now at home and be set up for a couple of grand and probably even less than that, to be honest. You know, you just need a Mac, Logic, a good mic, a good preamp, and you're kind of sorted, really. Yeah, that's that's a great thing. It's also the the bad thing because everybody can do it. And now you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with all the other fish, and you're just kind of lost, you know. Well, that well, that's it. That's it. You know, and 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 it used to be, you know, the saying used to be the cream rises to the top. Well, you know, if if you're working, if you're if you're working for a living, and you want to be a guitar player. You know, you can put your band together and you can go and record an album now for three or five grand, you know. And what that does is that brings the, the market down for everybody else that that's actually doing this for a living. In the same way that the pandemic's killed off everybody, you know. It, but everybody's got the right to put, do whatever they want. I mean, put, put out your songs and if people like them, they'll buy them. But here's an interesting thing. I get picked up in Argentina at the airport and I go on and they have rock radio on. 
I get picked up in Bulgaria and Sofia and they have rock radio on in the car. I get picked up in Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, Tokyo, Dusseldorf, Edinburgh at the airports and they have rock radio on. And it's always Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, Guns N' Roses, ACDC. It's this, and, and not even different songs, the same songs all the time. You know, it's Freebird. It's November Rain. It's Stairway to Heaven. It's Paranoid. You know, and, and, and I worked for a radio station for, a, for about two years. I had a radio show in London um, called Don't Give Up the Day Job. Right? And I called it that. I, well, I called it that because I was rubbish as a DJ, you know. But what I did was I played music that I liked yeah. and music that had inspired me. And music that people wouldn't have heard before, because here in Scotland and in the UK as well, we had we had two guys who were both called Tom. And in London it was Tommy Vance, and he was a legend. In Scotland it was a guy called Tom Russell, and they and and they would do every hour it would be three new for you, so bands you'd never heard of, you know, and and that's where I heard guys like Jimmy Barnes and and before he went all women friendly, Michael Bolton. Uh, when the the radio station said to me, you now need to play, they got bought they got bought out and they had a playlist, you know, and it was B Bird, Stairway to Heaven, November Rain. And I just quit. I just said, I'm not doing that. And I, I think I lasted another month, you know, because I wanted to play stuff that was educational for people. I mean that's a bit pompous sounding, I know. But I wanted to to give people an insight rather than just hearing the same songs that they've got on their their iTunes now or had in their CD collection here's something new here's Orange Sky they're from Trinidad and Tobago these are five black lads playing rock music like you've never heard and listening to that guitar playing and listening to that voice you know but it just had to go by the wayside because of money I guess and of course it is. I, oh, I, I long for hearing it, the, the human touch again. And like you said, your selections, the DJ is picking out the stuff and he's going to speak of it with passion because it's stuff he likes. Yeah. And it makes sense to me. Uh, that's what I, I really liked. Black at Mars when he's burning with the fever. Straight out in the house when he's lonely in the night.
Okay, I, I got you by a few years. I'm 65. FM really hadn't even come out too much. It was AM, and it had a playlist, but it was all sorts of different stuff. 
But when FM came out, it was underground and it would be some DJ you never really heard of with a goofy name. He played B-sides and album cuts and, and stuff you never yeah. heard. And it was cool. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. what I always thought was brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a, a lost thing because you're going to hear Stairway to Heaven and Hell's Bells and same things. I, I know. I know. And, and, and it's not that they're not great songs, but if you want to hear them, you can just play them. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I think what we've lost is we've lost the idea to, and it's not educate. I mean, that, again, that, that's the second time we've used the word open up people to different kind of music. You know, you know whether it's, I've never heard Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, but you put it on and you go, oh, wow, that's new, because I'm just that wee bit younger than you. So the things that were important to you, you know, I probably missed. I mean, I don't have a Hendrix album, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I can't say that I do. And the, the reason being is I always had friends that had all the albums. So I'd always go over to their there place and listen to it. <laughs> but that was another thing. And, I, and I, I bring this up from time to time. The buying of the album and bringing it home, oh. the vinyl, and opening it up and the smell. And it would have like a poster or something in it. But it had, yeah. it had artwork. The lyric sheet. Artwork you could see. And sometimes lyrics yeah. and, and things, sometimes it opened up and there was more in there. But you'd call your buddies up and you'd say, hey, I've got the new whatever album. And they'd come on over and listen to it. And it was like a ritual, yeah. you know. It was pretty cool. Well, we had to work hard for it then. I, you know, I, I, was thinking about, I was thinking about this earlier on today. I mean, my life changed um, in July 1972 when I saw David Bowie on Top of the Pops. Now, Top of the Pops was a UK chart show. And he was on there. And that's the first time I'd ever seen him. And it completely changed the world over here in the United Kingdom. It, it, everybody just went, oh. And by Monday, it was on on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock, and by Monday, everybody had uh, Ziggy haircuts. <laughs> now, that changed, that, that, that changed absolutely everything. But I, I was only 12 years old, and I saved my pocket money up to go and buy the album. And I bought The Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. And got it home really excited to hear Starman and it wasn't on it. Oh. And I went, oh. <laughs> so I saved up for another month and I went back and, and I said to the girl, I want to have Starman. And she went, no, you don't. You want to have Hunky Dory. So I bought Hunky Dory, <laughs> you know, and I put it on and Starman still wasn't on it. And it wasn't until the third attempt that I managed to get Ziggy. <laughs> you know, you know, but, the, but, but I was only twelve. You know, but I worked, but I, but I worked for a month. You know, and got my pocket money and cleaned cars and you know, weeded the driveways of neighbours' houses in order to get the money together to buy something. And you would listen to it and listen to it and listen to it for that whole month because you only had one album. Yeah, and I could, and I could, and I could sing you. Any David Bowie song from Space Oddity right through to probably Aladdin Sane. Off the bat, <laughs> and, and know it lyrically perfect. You know, I, I could, I, no problem. Even Signet Committee. I could do the whole of Signet Committee. You know? <laughs> A life changer. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You, and you could leave the arm up on the record player and it would play it over and over and over. So Just keep. Yeah, and go. more and more, more. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not the only one that did that. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> no, not by a long shot. David Bowie, though, that's that's good selection. I understand he was a really good first take vocalist. He always did. He always did three, right? Really? Always, he, I, 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 yeah, but first take for every one. But he did three, and that's patting his vocals up. I mean, I watched I watched a, a documentary on him recording, and um, and so he would do he would do the line right down the middle, and then he would have two exactly the same on either side, and that just made his vocals sound so huge. So he's doing overdubs with it panned out. Just the, yes, yeah. Not on every, not on everything, but later when he was but. What was great about Bowie was he had such a huge range. I mean, if you listen to Sailors, Spiderman, that's all right to uh, Golden Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. In the lower registers, he, he, he did three of everything. So if I'm in the lower registers, I just follow Bowie and I just do three of everything as well. Wow. And if you know, and if you know, what, you're, if you know what you're doing and the engineer knows what he's doing, it sounds just like one voice. you got to sing it clean, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and don't 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 wander from what you're doing, you know. But 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 the next time you put the next time you put on Aladdin, saying listen to it, and you'll hear the different voices, and you'll hear he ends some this way, and there's a different note there, and it but it gives him his sound, you know. It gives him his vocal sound. That was my darling wife just chapping, saying dinner's ready. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I could talk all day. In, in your case, all night. It must be what eight o'clock or something. Yes, it's yes. All right. Well, enjoy your evening and uh, say hello to the cook. Yes, I will do. Thank <laughs> you very much for taking the time to talk to him, man. I really appreciate it. Lovely to talk to you, Bruce. Yeah, very enjoyable. My pleasure. So thanks very much. Enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. No. Make a better Listening to the Better Each Day Podcast Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>